Hi and welcome to Personal Finance with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. We're on episode 23. It's all about tax planning. Now, if you're anything like me, you're thinking, wow, could have done with this a few years back. Well, we're here now. So buckle in and maybe learn a few things for the future because that's what we do. Try to make anything financial easier to get to grips with. Now, just lately, we've looked at everything from mortgages to pensions, redundancies to investments, insurances to inheritances. It's all here and all free. Tap into our back catalogue whenever you want. Every show works on its own as a standalone feature, but have a listen to them all when it suits you, however it suits you. And then if you could rate and review us, please be very grateful if you do that. Hit subscribe as well, and that way you get new episodes as soon as they come out, and you'll be right up to date. Now, for our library of money advice shows, search Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. There's Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Ellis. With me, as always, the star of our show. Here's Phil Anderson. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. How are you? Good, thank you. Now, here's a subject which, as a self-employed person, I think I actually shudder at a little bit more tax uh, and more importantly planning for it first of all i think i think we all understand the concept of being taxed why it's done what it's for all of that uh and equally regardless of who you ask everyone wants to pay less of it where do you sit in this subject as a money guy as a finance expert how can professional advice help when it comes to tax planning i know for me personally like i i know the more i earn the more tax i pay and, and i'm comfortable with that it goes towards paying for NHS, schools, that, that type of thing. But one of the things, like when I used to be a financial advisor, one of the things that comes up a lot is kind of like tax planning. And I thought today's podcast would be good because it just it gives people, just cover some of the basics. But tax can be such a, a complicated area. That's the thing. And and, and things change all the time. I mean, mm. each year the government announces um, – the various tax allowances and exemptions that we've got. And th- those are things that we're entitled to. So it makes sense to maximize their, their use. And, and that's why it, it can help people like with their financial goals as well. Then, and one, one thing that, to sort of point out straight away, tax evasion is illegal, but tax planning is, is something that is perfectly legal. Yeah, given that taxation is is a fluid picture, as you say, um, with certain aspects changing a lot, what are the bits that we need to know? I, I would say, I mean, with, with tax planning, I mean, it, it, there's so much different sort of things. But in, in the UK, the tax year runs from the 6th of April each year until the 5th of April the following year. So that's, that's what's known as the, the tax year. Now, in each tax year, Everyone has what's called a, a personal allowance. So this is the amount that you can earn without paying any income tax on that. So in the current tax year, you're allowed to make £12,500 without paying any tax on that. Now, if you earn over £100,000, your personal allowance reduces. So for every pound that you, sorry, for every £2 you make over that amount, you lose a pound of the, the personal allowance. And what that means is if someone's fortunate to be earning £125,000 or more a year, then they don't have that personal allowance. But for, for everyone, apart from unless you're making over 125000 a year, you've got this personal allowance that, that you can make use of, so much money you can earn without paying tax on that. There, there are different tax bans, aren't there? You sort of touched it there. And changes between the, the various nations... Uh, of the UK. What what are those? 
So that's it. In, in England, Wales, and Northern Ireland, um, they've currently got three income tax bands. You've got um, 20%, which is your basic rate taxpayers, 40% is higher rate taxpayers, and then there's 45%, which is called additional rate taxpayers. Now, here in Scotland, we've now got five tax bands. You've got one at 19%, 20, 21, 41, and 46%. So that kind of makes things in Scotland a little bit more complicated or, dare I say it, taxing. <laughs> oh, no, financial advisor's joke. We got 23 episodes in and then it dropped. Um, I, I just, I, I used to be the inland, well, years ago <laughs> when it was the Inland Revenue, it's now called HMRC, but that was their phrase, was it? Yeah. Tax doesn't have to be taxing. Crikey. Um, you mentioned it before. That there, there are things that we can do to reduce the amount of tax that we have to pay. Last week we were, we were talking about ICES. I'm pretty sure that was one. Yeah, I, ICES make good financial sense. I think they reckon that about 42% of adults in the UK have got one. But ICE is a tax-efficient way of saving and investing, and you've got that allowance. In the current tax year, £20,000. That's for ND over the age of 18+. plus. You, you've also got a savings for children through the, the junior ICEs. They've currently got the, the annual allowance of 9000 that they can put in there. But they, there are other types of, of ICEs as well. You've got the lifetime ISA, that's one designed for people aged 18 to 40. If they're wanting to save for their first home or retirement, they can contribute up to £4,000 in each tax year. Um, and the government applies bonuses to that up to the age of 50. So again, that, that's where a financial advisor can help where people set up things like a lifetime ISA and set up normal kind of ISAs. But what I would say is if, if someone's got substantial funds to invest, they, they should also consider... Um, you've got what's called a, an enterprise investment scheme and venture capital trust. There are things that you can get really good tax reliefs on as well. And then the, the other one that gets you, you tax relief is making payments into a pension mm. is, is one of the other ones there as well. We'll come on to that in just a minute. My, my understanding of ICES, though, as you said there, so you've got your, your allowance, your initial allowance was 12,500, I think you said, and then 20,000 per tax year for your ICES. So... Does that mean you, you've got the 32 and a half you can sort of squirrel away before anything gets touched? Well, you've got the... If you have that amount, I mean. Yeah, so, so you've got the, the the personal allowances tax on your income and then the, the money that goes into an ISA is money. You don't pay tax on the the growth or, or the money that you make right. off of that. So so you've got the, the personal allowance Twelve and a half thousand is, is what you're allowed to make. If you you earn say twenty thousand pounds income, you would still you could still pay that so much in an ISA, but you would still have your income tax to, to pay right, got you. the money you've got coming in. Got you. And you said if you've got quite a bit of money, um, you know, there are other things that you should look at. There are probably other taxes as well, aside from plain old income tax you need to consider and maybe other things that you could do to reduce those taxes you do, like make investments. So take us through some That's of that. It. I mean, you you've got um Capital gains tax. Everyone's got an allowance. You're allowed to make a capital gain of £12,300 a year. Now, some, some things are exempt. So, for example, you sell your main residence and make a big profit on that. You wouldn't have capital gains tax to pay. 
But on, on most things, if, if you make a profit off of it and make a capital gain, you, you would usually have capital gains tax to pay. But there is that 12,300 exemption there. Inheritance tax may be another one for, for some people. If, if your estate is worth more than 325,000, generally you'll, you'll have inheritance tax to pay. Um, again, there's ways that you can plan for that. Like if, if someone's married, they've got more of an allowance, they're gifting a, a main residence to a, a close relative. There's other reliefs available. Another one is you, you've got £2,000 tax-free dividend allowance. Everybody's got that. Now, for, for likes of yourself and, and me, if I, I've got a limited company, so I take out dividends from that. So the first 2000 I don't pay any tax on. But you, you can actually have shares in a company um, and the dividends, again, the first £2,000 of that that you're making, you, you've no tax to, to pay on that as well. Mm. You also mentioned pensions. So how, how does this come into play for, for tax? Pensions are a big one. I must admit, I, I really like pensions. And they, if you make a contribution into a pension, that attracts tax relief. So for a basic rate taxpayer, if you pay £100 into a pension, you get £25 added straight away in tax relief. So that's a good uplift immediately. Now, if you're a higher rate taxpayer, you also get that £25 added, but you can claim another £25 via your tax return. So if you pay £100 in, you've got that extra added to it straight away. And, and so there's, especially for higher rate and additional rate taxpayers, pension contributions are really something that they should always be considering. And, and also Scottish taxpayers can claim slightly more reliefs because they're paying tax at a slightly higher rate, they, they can actually claim a wee bit more through their, their tax returns as well. Another good thing with, with pensions is that when you get to the age of 55, and, and this is going up in the future to 57, you can take 25% of your pension pot as a tax-free lump sum if, if it's a personal pension. So again, there's, there's good tax advantages of paying into that pension as well. And another advantage, just a, a, a side benefit here for folk is let, let's say you claim or, or you're on the cusp of maybe being able to get child benefit. I think it's 50,000. If you earn 50,000 or more, you, you lose your child benefit. Now, let's say you're making 55,000 pounds in a year as your, your wages and income. What you can do is you can make a pension contribution. So let's say you said, right, I'm going to pay 500 pound a month in a pension, six grand a year. You take your earnings below that 50,000 pound threshold and then you can start getting your, your child benefit again. So th there's a lot of different factors to take into account when you're planning and not just for tax, but some of the other additional benefits that that can free up. Another example of, of making pension contributions is if, if someone was earning over 100,000 and let, let's say you're making 125,000, you then lose your personal allowance. But by making a, a, a big pension contribution, it's possible that you could start to get that twelve and a half thousand, like personal allowance back as well. So there's there's many people that that should really sit down and and look. I, I don't know. I, I think everybody should always have a financial review every year, and just say, look, where can we make savings? And that's where financial advisors can come in. I mean, I, I've got my own financial advice business, but um, whether someone uses us or any other financial advisors, I'm I'm a great advocate that. For everyone, they should really sit down with, with a financial planner at least annually and just say, right, how could we be maximising 
all our, our sort of tax position, what's our goals for the future. So big, big advocate of people taking financial advice. I've become a convert to this as well ever since we started this podcast. <laughs> and it, it not, not so much a convert. I wasn't against it. I just never thought about it as much as I have. People don't, I, I suppose it's the benefits, is it? A lot of people don't realise the benefits. And, and sometimes there's little quirks, things like that, making pension contributions. Mm. And it is that there's a lot of benefits of people taking financial advice. Probably the biggest benefit is it gives you peace of mind. You, you yeah. think, yeah, my finances are all well looked after. That, that would be the biggest benefit for me. Absolutely. Um, now, just on inheritance tax, it's just something that we didn't touch on there. And it crossed my mind immediately after we stopped talking about it, as is always the case with me. Um, when it comes to inheritance tax, is the the amount that you pay, is it a single demand or can you set up a structure to repay what you're due? What, what happens is that they, they won't release someone's estate until any inheritance tax bill has actually been paid. So I, I have seen people in the past maybe take out an insurance policy that covers the, the tax that would be due so that the family can get the estate released. But um, And I've seen others have to take out a loan or, or find money from somewhere to pay a tax bill before the, the estate would get released as well. But mm. inheritance tax is a biggie. And, and there, like if, if someone has assets over the 325000 the, the tax is charged at a, a whopping 40%. Um, now, that, that can be reduced to 36%. If someone's given away at least 10% of their net estate to a charity, then that can that's one way of reducing it. But with, with careful planning, you can reduce the amount that would be payable. As I mentioned, you've got that. It's called the nil rate band. That's currently £325,000. And I mentioned earlier, where someone's main residence is passed to a direct descendant, there's also an allowance of 175000 there. So there's ways that you can kind of yeah. mitigate inheritance tax liabilities. They, they often call inheritance tax a, a voluntary tax because there, there is a, a lot of ways that you can avoid it through the use of trusts, through through giving things away. And again, that, that's where a good financial advisor can expl- explain how you can use your allowances. Got things like you can make small gifts. And also, if you wanted to give away substantial sums, a good financial planner would be able to, to help you there as well. Because who's been thinking your only option was if it was, you know, priced at 330, you could go around and smash your windows overnight before, <laughs> before someone comes in and says what it's worth. Um, okay, a lot there. And and obviously, uh, I would have thought the, the recommendation, generally speaking, as you say, is, is to seek out a financial advisor. The, the thing with inheritance tax as well is more and more people are starting to fall into that bracket because house prices have gone up yeah. a lot over the years. I mean, inheritance tax originally was meant to be a tax on people who were, were wealthy. But I mean, like down in the south of England now, in the in the southeast, I mean, some of the average property prices oh, are phenomenal. And, and it is, you're, you're starting to find that more and more people are, are having an inheritance tax liability because of that. Uh, you, you say there it, it was set up as a, a tax there not to punish the rich, but so that they would be the ones that would be in that bracket. Um, given that you, you've got a conservative government in power, do you see them maybe sort of putting that that level up, that three, two, usually, five up? I mean, usually that would be one of the things you would say they were more likely to do. Yeah. However, I would probably say because of the pandemic, at, at the minute they're going to be thinking, right, how can we start getting some of these receipts back for all the money yeah, that's been denied. Yeah, keep it lower. Yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of see that changing all that much. Same as well. One one of the podcasts we did recently was on um like long-term care and, and that's the mm. same things. 
like it just the legislation just keeps getting pushed back, pushed back. And I, I kind of personally, I kind of see that there be a lot of changes in that inheritance tax in the, the coming year or two. But hey, you just never know. They, they often yeah. things change all the time. And <laughs> I think for, for, for financial advisors, it keeps them on their toes, but also keeps the general public on their toes as well, because nothing ever stays the same for long. And that is why people should seek out professional advice. Absolutely. Now, every week uh, when we've covered various topics, Phil's been giving us a look back over his own life and how it's been affected by the subjects we've been discussing. So an experience here, Phil, on tax planning. I'm laughing because I know what my experience would be, not tax planning uh, when I was younger. But yeah, okay. what's your experience? That's it. Like over the recent years, I've been earning good money and so I'm paying more tax. And like I said earlier, I didn't really mind that. I mean, one, one of the things I'm doing to mitigate that is I'm paying a lot into my pensions at the moment, more than I ever have. And and to be honest, and, and I, I should really have started saving more into pensions at a younger age, but I've always been more of a live for today type person rather than one for planning and, and looking to the, the future. But I think the older I get, the more I realise it's like, hey, kind of retirement is going to come around probably quicker than, than I thought. So I know for me, I, I'm paying a lot into pensions just now but probably in my younger days couldn't really afford it and and back then it's like oh, I want a couple of takeaways a month or do I want to yeah. pay into a pension it's like oh, I could rather back then it was like I'd rather go for a pint with my mates than, yeah. than pay money into a pension so it is it's in theory it's great thinking yet yeah, you should be saving lots and, and planning for the future but I know what it's like in reality sometimes for for a lot of people and the thing is, as well, when when you start earning, uh, you know, a, a real wage when you're young, all of a sudden you think, "Whoa, I'm rich!" Regardless of what, regardless of what your bottom line is, you just think, yeah. "I've got money." And you, you, a lot of people fall into that trap of just spending the whole lot and not putting the money aside for for, for tax. My oldest son, he's he's at college, but he's got a part time job, so he started getting money in from it and. At the minute, he's thinking, oh, this is great. I've got money to buy. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, I should be money to buy your lunches instead of yeah. tapping off of me. Be, you know, <laughs> I, I try to encourage him to save, but I, I know what it was like when I was that age. Yeah. I, was you different things in your mind. Uh, we always do this bit as well, Phil. You, you get inspiration uh, through various people that you admire and, and their quotes. Have you got one that fits our subject matter for this episode on yeah. tax planning? This week's quote of the week, it, it's from someone unknown, but it's a fine is a tax for doing something wrong. A tax is a fine for doing something right. <laughs> okay, Phil, to summarise in this episode, what's our takeaway on tax planning? Basically that you should, I guess. Yeah, as I said earlier, like tax evasion is, is illegal, but tax planning is not. So tax planning involves taking sensible steps to reduce the amount of tax that you pay. Now, uh, Phil is always keen to help you with your financial queries. If you want to email a question to us, please do. And as always, we can ask him anonymously if you wish. Let's get on to this week's contact details are coming up. Uh, now, I'll, I'll give it to you after we do these. Our first question today comes from Alan in Afford, and it's actually on taxation. He's worked in the offshore industry for companies his entire working life. Earlier this year, he was made redundant, uh, which is a familiar tale. So he's gone freelance and he's actually getting quite a bit of work here and abroad. Now, this is the first time he's been self-employed, so self-assessed. He's no idea how his tax will work being abroad in so many places. Is it as complicated as it sounds, Phil? 
it can be. A lot depends where you're resident. So that, that would be the first thing. Like, are, are you still resident in the UK? or I think so, yes, from, from what I'm reading here, yeah. yeah. The, the other thing that could depend is maybe how many days someone's working away. I, I would certainly say, need it's out with the remit of like what I know, but I, that's one where I would definitely recommend he takes professional advice and, and speak to an accountant or some sort of tax specialist. They, they would definitely be the, the best ones to speak to for, for his sort of query. Okay, I, I, we, we have friends who um, class themselves as very poor millionaires. They're lit, literally just in there and they, they do stay at the country for so many days in a year and then, and then come home because of, of taxation purposes. Yeah. So it's something you have to bear in mind. Uh, next up, Shona in Dyson. She wants to know about um, house and contents insurance. Now she's applying for a new mortgage. She's been told by the lender she must also buy house and contents insurance. They've offered her a policy, which is really convenient and simple, but Shona wondering if it should be better advised to shop around the, the only insurance that is compulsory when you buy a property and you've got a mortgage is buildings insurance but yeah. most people are going to want to insure their contents as well so so the majority tend to take out a policy that that covers the building and the contents now in the past years ago it used to be that many lenders insisted that you had to have it with them now the that's very, very rare these days. I, I can't even think of anybody that, that does that anymore. But I, I would definitely say to her, shop around. I'd get a quote from your lender, see what, what they can come up with. But what you'll tend to find is that, again, the lender alone, they'll be tied to one, like most likely one product provider. Whereas if you go, like whether you're shopping around yourself, I mean, there's the the comparison websites, but you, you've also got companies like Direct Line. I'd maybe give them a try as well, just to, to get a quote. I, I would try a few different places. Definitely worth shopping around rather than just going with, with a policy recommended by your mortgage lender. Just on that one, Phil, it, let's let's say, for instance, the, the policy recommended by the, the lender is with, I don't know, for sake of argument, Aviva. And yeah. then you approached Aviva independently, just on your own. Who's going to get the better deal? Oh, now that can vary. I, I remember think years ago when I worked in one of the building societies, they were actually it was Aviva that they were tied to. Now, in theory, you would have thought, right, they're only doing Aviva products, so they could probably get you the same cover for cheaper. But it was actually the the opposite. I mean, they, mm. they would argue and say, Oh, but it's we, we are offering the most comprehensive cover, etc. But it is that there can be differences there. It's not always like a like for like comparison. Okay. Either. So still worth going and, and getting a, a quote just as yourself. Yeah, then. yeah okay. Definitely. I would just say, if you have a question for us, you, you best take a look through our, our back catalogue first because we've covered um, a lot of topics. I know we're only 23 podcasts in, but we've, we've touched on quite a few things and you might find uh, there what you're interested in. I'm John Ellis. Thanks for joining us today for Personal Finance with Phil Anderson. If you feel that you need a helping hand with anything that we've been talking about or anything else financial, find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or on the Facebook page for this show. Search Personal Finance with Phil Anderson. That's personal finance with Phil Anderson on Facebook. Uh, Phil's on Twitter and LinkedIn as well, or you can email him a question directly that he might answer on a future show. His address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Send him the question and he could answer it in an upcoming podcast. And please uh, remember, we won't use your real name if that's what you prefer us to do. 
If you found this podcast useful, please rate and recommend it and please subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your shows and then you'll get this every week with the info you want when you need it. You'll get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil is doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks, John. Have a great week.